Welcome to the Mass Device Fast 5 MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about the Rewalk Robotics rebrand, and Sean had the opportunity today to speak with the CEO of the company. So, Sean, do you want to tell us a little bit about what our listeners can look forward to in, in the article that you'll write? Sure. Yeah, no, I got to talk with Larry Jasinski, the CEO of Rewalk Robotics, or formerly Rewalk Robotics, now LifeWord, a company still doing exoskeletons and robotic powered braces, but other other stuff as well. And we, we spoke about what that rebrand means, as well as where the business is headed, what some of the plans are for the future years. And big wins with CMS and potentially, you know, a really big decision coming in the next couple months regarding the payment structure over the company's exoskeleton. So, yeah, it was a really great conversation. Learned a lot about the company and, you know, we're, we're all busy. We, we have earnings to contend with, but hopefully there will be something up on Mass Device in the, in the coming week or so, week or two, covering that, that conversation. All right. And what news are we going to talk about today? Well, today we'll discuss a surgical robot reaching literal new heights, uh, an FDA nod for magnetic stimulation technology, a new credit facility worth billions at Abbott, a potential reprieve for some cryoablation technology, and more medtech layoffs, this time at Biosig Technologies. What's the first thing that we should know for today? Virtual Incision sent its mini surgical robot to space today, so we cover plenty of surgical robotics on here. This is definitely a first, at least for this podcast. Why did it send the robot to space exactly? So in 2022, the company actually received a grant from NASA to bring its Mira platform to the International Space Station. The grant was awarded to use the miniaturized robotic-assisted surgery platform in a 2024 technology demonstration mission aboard the ISS. So this demonstration will use the robot to assess the impact of zero gravity when performing simulated surgical tasks. And the company actually said that during a portion of the experiment, it plans for a surgeon operator at its Nebraska headquarters to remotely control the robot. So that'll be very interesting to see if they can actually control a robot from Earth out in space. Tell us a little bit about that surgical robot platform. Well, Mira itself as a small self-contained surgical device inserted through a single midline umbilical incision in the patient's abdomen. Basically, it was designed for complex multi-quadrant abdominal surgeries, and it also uses existing minimally invasive tools and techniques that are familiar to surgeons. And it comes in this very compact form, which I believe, as we discussed pre-show, that it seems like the main reason behind why it would be a, a target for NASA would be the fact that it weighs about two pounds, so very lightweight and easy to pack aboard a space shuttle. But the platform received IDE approval from the FDA in October of 2020, followed by an approval for an IDE supplement in April 2022. The company actually submitted Mira to the FDA for a de novo review in May of 2023. So as you mentioned, this is a very unique situation in medtech. We've never really heard of this before. What are executives saying? President and CEO John Murphy said that as thrilling as it is to have our technology in space, they actually expect the impact of the research will be most notable on Earth as introducing this device has a potential to revolutionize healthcare by making every operating room robot ready. He said they're taking a significant step by developing Mira, an investigational device currently under FDA review, and the testing with the space version will tell it more about the potential future as it might be applied to remote surgical applications. What's the next bit of news that we have? 
MagStim won an FDA nod for its latest transcranial magnetic stimulation, or TMS, technology. TMS has become a pretty intriguing space for treating neurological conditions, and MagStim appears to be a leader on that front, especially with the latest FDA clearance. What is this technology exactly? So it's the Horizon 3.0, so it builds upon the company's Horizon platform, but this, this version has the StimGuide Pro included. It's the first integrated TMS system with navigation, according to the company. It includes new advanced camera technology and software designed to allow for precise treatment targeting. It centralizes all patient treatments and technology on one screen to reduce complexity and has a Bluetooth anatomical pointer for mapping and treating patients. Can you dive into a little more about how the technology works? So this non-invasive TMS, transcranial magnetic stimulation, is a method of stimulating the brain using an electromagnetic coil that stimulates nerve cells in the region of the brain that's involved in mood control and depression. So StimGuide Pro's advanced navigation improves coil positioning for repeatability and accuracy, and new camera navigation workflow ensures that magnetic pulses go to targeted brain regions to improve outcomes. In the case of this system, it's with depression as well as obsessive compulsive disorder, I believe. And now we have some news from Abbott. Abbott has entered into a new $5 billion credit facility, so more funds are now available for the medtech giant. What are the terms of this credit facility? This agreement gives Abbott the ability to borrow up to $5 billion on an unsecured basis. Any borrowings will mature and be payable on the fifth anniversary of the effective date. As of the date of the filing, it has no outstanding borrowings under this revolving credit agreement. Borrowings bear interest at Abbott's option based on either a base rate or SOFR rate. This also includes an applicable margin based on Abbott's credit ratings in effect from time to time. And Abbott also has to pay to lenders certain customary fees. What else did the company announce in connection with this credit facility? Well, in, in opening this credit facility, the company has actually terminated all commitments outstanding under its previous five-year agreement. So it had no outstanding borrowings under that agreement, which was dated November 12th, 2020. It would have matured on November 12th, 2025. The existing agreement also gave Abbott the ability to borrow up to $5 billion on an unsecured basis. So really just trading out an old agreement for a new agreement, same amount of money, different, you know, slightly different terms. What other news do we have? The FDA is set to reassess this cryoablation technology for destroying tumors from Ice Cure Medical. This is a, a big development for IceCure and its ProSense technology as the FDA will take another look at potential clearance. What does this decision follow? So the agency in 2022 denied IceCure's de novo classification request for the ProSense cryoablation system for treating tumors. The company had sought clearance for ProSense to treat patients with early stage low risk breast cancer, but the FDA denied it. What does it mean for IceCure? Well, the affirmative response from the FDA just reopens the de novo file. So it gives IceCure a potential pathway to clearance. Obviously, there's still a lot to be done. Once the company finishes collecting five-year data over the course of the next month or so, it can attempt to provide that sufficient data to support the system and get that clearance after all. Are executives optimistic about this decision? Definitely. IceCure CEO A.L. Shamir said the company remains hopeful that the final data from the clinical trials will be in line. With its interim results, and the company is confident that it can deliver the data set, comparable analysis, and real-world data to the FDA in the next few months. What's the final news story that we have? Biosig announced layoffs at the company as part of a cost-cutting effort. 
more layoffs in med tech. We spoke about some on yesterday's episode, although in this case, we don't we don't quite know the full extent. What is the reason behind these layoffs? The company said it wants to reduce cash burn, and in enacting the set of layoffs, it expects to actually cut its annual cash burn in half. The company did not disclose the number of employees or even the percentage affected. As I said, we don't know very much. All we know is that per its annual report, as of 10 months ago, Biosig had 47 full-time employees. So perhaps the next annual report at the end of March could indicate how many employees were let go. Tell us more about that business model shift. Well, Biosig develops a biomedical signal processing platform for ECG and intracardiac signals. So the Pure EP system combines hardware and software to enable the real-time acquisition of raw signal data. And this achieves this absence of unnecessary noise or interference. So basically, the company wants to sort of find partnerships to promote that Pure EP platform. It wants to partner with organizations for sales distribution and clinical support of Pure EP and wants to work with well-established electrophysiology companies and distributors that have clinical staff already in the hospital setting. So in times of layoffs and business model shifts, people will often look to the CEO for some sort of guidance. What did executives have to say upon this news? Ken Londoner, the chair and CEO of Biosig, said that Biosig is at an important juncture and it's taking steps to streamline its corporate structure. He said the company is grateful to the employees affected by the impact of the changes. Their hard work and dedication were integral in bringing the Pure EP platform to where it is today. And that was the final story that we had for today. So thank you, Sean, for bringing us all the news today. My pleasure. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. Where can they find you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.